Sean Lynn in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 45. We are extremely excited to welcome Bishop Scott McCaig as he describes his journey on a Harley. I hope you are enjoying A Dram with Friends. Please like, subscribe, follow us on Heroic Men, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. Please continue to pray for our mission or go to godsquad.ca to donate. All whiskeys are purchased by myself for use in the pub. Thank you as we continue with our episode. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. Today is a special episode, as you can probably guess. I'm not in my pub, and I have a very <laughs> special guest with me, Bishop Scott McCaig, the Military Ordinariate for Canada. Welcome, Bishop Scott. It's great to be here. been a fan of the show, and uh, it's nice to finally be on. And uh, as you can probably tell, we are on vacation. We're relaxing here in beautiful Canmore. I bought a very brought a very special dram, Bishop. Uh, I only made a little bottle of it because I wasn't going to take the whole bottle. This is the bottle that I opened for the Feast of St. Joseph in the year oh. of St. Joseph when you celebrated Mass for us from St. Joseph's Oratory. So this is an Ardbeg Black Committee release. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. All right. Oh, that's like a little taste of the beatific vision right there. That is just extraordinary. Oh, wow. so yeah, Ardbeg every year does a committee release, and uh, I was blessed enough to have their dark coat from a couple of years ago, and it was something else. But. Well, I, I like Ardbeg, and I've had Ardbeg in the past, It's uh, uh, but I've never tasted anything this extraordinary. This is, this is a cut above the run-of-the-mill Ardbeg that I'm getting from the, uh, the liquor store on occasion. Apparently, they aged it in New Zealand. That's where the black comes from. Black sheep is on the label, and so... They're trying to do something special. It was their 20th anniversary committee release. So. Okay, so a little kiwi to go there, with our go. Uh, our Canmore, our Canmore motorcycle trip. That's yes. right. So we are tomorrow morning. Bishop's going to say mass for us at the shrine here in Canmore, and we're heading off on our annual motorcycle trip. Uh, we're going to escort Bishop Scott back to Ottawa. Uh -huh. Make sure he gets there okay. I couldn't help but looking at the ring and thinking. Uh, Trying to decide whether I'm Samwise Ganji or uh, leading you, or uh, I prefer Aragorn going uh, as you go into Mordor. Well, I hope Mordor. this. I hope this is not an evil ring. I mean, it's no, no, uh, that's yeah. a good ring. So, so every bishop gets a ring like that, right? Yeah, it's part of your uh, rite of ordination, and it signifies that you are standing in the place of Christ the Bridegroom, and so it literally is a wedding ring. And so it's blessed for that purpose that as the successors of the apostles, you are espousing 
the church. Uh, she is your bride, and she's the one that you are to lay down your life to serve. You know, as, as, uh, as Paul says in the epistles, Christ laid down his life to make his bride holy. And that's the call uh, of a bishop, to shepherd the people of God and to make them holy, to bring them unstained, unspotted before the, before the Lamb on the, on the final day, which is, of course, the wedding feast of the Lamb which we anticipate at every Mass. So yeah. what you're saying is you should lead the motorcycle ride and we should follow. <laughs> that's that's good. No, well, St. Paul <laughs> says we're supposed to be at the back of the line. Because ah. in, the, in the ancient world, um, the most important people went on the front of the line. They got all the attention. And by the time you got to the back of the parade, nah, nobody's interested anymore. So as, as bishops, we're supposed to be at the back of the line. Okay. Yeah. So... For, for our friends in the pub, who is Bishop Scott McCake? Ah, well, that's a huge question. It is. <laughs> I'll take my lead from uh, Pope Francis when he was asked who he is when he became uh, elected. And he said, I'm a sinner saved by grace. And so uh, I really feel that way. I grew up in British Columbia. and uh, was born on the island of Vancouver Island and raised in Kamloops in the interior. Um, was raised without a lot of faith. I had been baptized, but faith wasn't a part of my family life growing up. And it really wasn't until I was in my late teens, early 20s, that I began to search, I began to look. Um, I was asking the great existential questions, you know, why is there something rather than nothing? And if everything exists, it's got to have a purpose. It's got to have some point to it. Um, so I was hungry. I wanted to know. And that led me on, uh, led me on a quest, I guess. It began in my head. Um, I think at the time I wouldn't have been able to put it this way, but in retrospect, I would say uh, three questions in order that I was asking is, does God exist? If he does, then is Christ who he claimed to be? And then finally, if he is, then where do I find him? And, uh, well, it was quite a journey, but it landed me right in the right in the Catholic Church. And he's he's definitely put you to work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you look at where we are, and uh, it's a little smoky, granted, but still the beauty and the grandeur and the and it's hard to look at that and just say this was all an accident. Yeah, like that's. I think that takes more faith than saying God created it. <laughs> yeah, well, eventually you have to come to um, a, a source of everything. You know, unless you're going to deny that there's any causality at all in the universe, it's got to start with an uncaused cause sooner or later. And, uh, you know, as St. Thomas says, this we call God. He's got to be all-powerful if you bring something from nothing. And omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. All those great terms you have to study in philosophy when you go to the seminary. You know? So you're riding with a bunch of guys uh, and you've, you've spoken at our men's conferences. Why is it why is it important for you to be involved in the men's ministry or be? Well, I think the book of Proverbs puts it well, you know, sword sharpens sword. And uh, I just find it very healthy and very uplifting, edifying to be around uh, Catholic men who take their their vocation as husbands and fathers, seriously, uh, men who are pursuing the heart of God. Um, it's very inspiring. Um, we live at a difficult time in the church, and 
you know, uh, as a bishop and before that as a religious superior, you, you tend to deal with, you tend to, tend to spend an inordinate amount, amount of time on the problems, on what isn't going right, on what isn't happening, on the things that are going wrong, on the complaints, on, you know, the litany goes on. But to please, be around... Please, policemen do that too. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah but to be around men who, uh, you know, it's the other side of it. Uh, these are guys who are investing their lives in what matters and taking their faith seriously, taking... And yet, they know how to have fun. They know how to relax and enjoy and uh, good, healthy fellowship with one another. And uh, it really does feel like iron sharpening iron. You know, you, you get stronger in your faith as a result, and it builds up, in me at least, I can say, it builds up hope. Well, um, that's awesome. And, and it is important, especially for young men, to see that in action, to see that it's okay to have fun as a, a devout Catholic man, whether it's on our motorcycle ride or playing. We introduced Bishop Scott to some disc golf today, and... <sighs> He beat me. <laughs> okay, in the second round. In the in second, second round. round. Yeah. So he, he's a natural is what it, it, it's looking like. And uh, yeah, and just creating that atmosphere of welcoming for other young men to, to say, you can be part of this movement that God has created called the Catholic Church. And I think it's growing in importance. Um, there was a time not too many generations ago when we were still you know, on the tail end of Christendom, that, you know, the, the, the culture around us supported your faith yeah. and upbuilt your faith. The, the, the legal system was based on Judeo-Christian ethics. Um, there was just a support system in place. Whereas now that's less and less true, you know, postmodernism, you bring your, you create your own meaning in life rather than trying to understand what is true and good and beautiful and then live according to it, you know, yeah very backward from our point of view but you know we need each other we're not going to do it alone um, guys who are trying to be good husbands and and good fathers and be faithful uh, they need each other and um, you know the clergy and and the laity are meant to support one another uh, meant to be in a relationship where there's a mutuality there's a strengthening going on and so real, you know, authentic, genuine fellowship, which includes the serious side, the prayer, and going after the heart of God, and having the courage to stand in the face of uh, values which are uh, contrary to our conscience and the Catholic faith, and what God has revealed, but also the fun side, to recreate together, and, and to be able to have fun together, and experience uh, the good gifts that God has given us, which he intends to be enjoyed. Well, and you talked a bit about the negatives, getting caught in that, and and uh, God Squad. We made a a decision to try not to get caught in that, and just continually to point to the truth and beauty of the church. And this is the way, like yeah. like Jesus said, "Come, follow me." And he, he wasn't saying get into the minutiae, come follow me. This is where we're heading. And uh, and uh, it's so important to have bishops like yourself as examples for us men to to take up that that call to 
to lead our families and and not worry about today's fight whether you're vaccinated not vaccinated what side of the political spectrum you you sit on because that's not what god wants of us there's a great danger in a society as divided as ours politically socially that we start carving up the faith in terms of factions political the bottom line is our faith is about jesus and it's about following jesus and being faithful to jesus um, and if we lose sight of that, then we lose our joy. We lose the gift of God's grace flowing into our lives, which changes everything. Um, you know, one of the great uh, tragedies I see is that, you know, the, I won't I won't name any names or anything like that. But there are internet sites out there which have become very popular and which are uh, which are Catholic, but are jaded. Everything's negative. Everything's critical. There's always a cutting edge to it. Um, whereas I found my experience with the God Squad and the men's conference that I preached at a few years ago is there was genuine, authentic joy. Um, they were focused not on the issues. They were focused on the king. And, you know, yeah, we have to stand and fight. And, yeah, we have to get formed and take a position. And, yeah, the church needs us to, to get involved. Um, but if we're not first rooted in deeply, deeply rooted in the pierced and burning heart of Jesus, if we're not rooted in that love, and if we haven't received the gift that he intends to give, then we're going to go astray. And uh, I think it's just so important to, to keep focused on what really matters. Um, yeah, anyway, I could go on and on. But, on and uh, on. And so we... we we've, <laughs> We also talk about food and fun, so we've, we've had some good food so far. Is is there a dish that you'd like to prepare, or is there... Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I can't say that I'm much of a cook. I honestly am not, uh, but uh, But going out like for a Bison Burger is... Oh, listen, the Bison, the Bison Burger today was extraordinary. It was fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, I yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't dabbled in that, uh, but that was extremely tasty. And, and that's the thing is, it, we, you talk about joy, and that's one that gift from God that created the chef who imagined this meal. And, and, and I like cooking, and that's putting that love into it. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, we were doing a barbecue for uh, one of the young men that I worked with, uh, graduated university and so I was doing up some chicken and the lady from the Center for Newcomers and she goes what you do with the chicken I said I added love she, she goes, I love but my chicken doesn't taste like that. <laughs> it was funny but it's it's just adding that that love uh, for seeing that joy other people enjoying it so yeah creation is meant to mediate God's love to us you know um, the heavens proclaim the glory of God and the firmament shows forth the work of his hands says the uh, the psalm the psalmist you know and um, it's meant to uplift us and God wants us to enjoy the good things like obviously in moderation they can yeah. be abused whether it's food or alcohol or or any of the good, good gifts he, he's given us uh, it's a you know all sin is a warping of something good all heresy is you know, slightly getting something which is true off. Um, and that's why 
a dram's only an eighth of an eighth of an ounce, so we're just doing a tasting here. So uh, we're sharing uh, a little less than an ounce. So, uh, so you ride motorcycles? What? Why? Why do you like the motorcycle? You know what? I've I've had a love affair with motorcycles since 1973. I think oh, I was wow. seven years old, and and uh, my two older brothers. Uh, begged my father long enough that one day uh, off the truck came a 1973 Kawasaki KZ90. Oh wow! And uh, I learned to ride that bike, and I think probably there's only been a couple of years since that day that I haven't uh, either a family-owned or owned personally a, a motorcycle. You know, I've, uh, I just love them. Um, I love getting out on the blacktop, uh, the wind the environment you, you know in a way that you don't in a car you, you you're part of the environment you feel the change in air pressure you know when it's raining and when it's hailing uh you you can smell the cut grass and and uh i mean just the whole experience i just find it's it's fantastic and you know cruising along at a good clip on the highway that doesn't hurt either you know, no no a, i've always been a bit of an adrenaline junkie and there's a whole package around motorcycling. It's not just riding the bike, as you know. It's yeah. the fellowship. It's the fun. It's it's the guys. It's it's the whole deal. You know? And that's what we're looking forward to. Is this week we're going to join up with the others tomorrow and and head east and and it's an adventure. And every year I try to figure out why God had us go on this adventure. So and and what He wants me or us to take away from it and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what he says in the whisper as that wind rushes by for uh, 7,000 kilometers so <laughs> <laughs> so every segment uh, I, I ask young men are struggling uh, even knowing what a, a young man is or what a man is what advice do you give your 18 year old self Smarten up. <laughs> Keep in mind, I didn't convert to the Catholic faith until I was 21. Uh, no, I think uh, there's something very particular about each young man and about what is in their hearts and about what makes them tick. And I think you have to find that. You know, uh, I often teach about, uh, in courses on spirituality, you know, there's different temperaments, there's the different voices of God, the one, the true, the good, and the beautiful. But to really find it, identify it, and then go for it, you know. Um, but to place first things first, you know. The, the world is telling us that indulging the flesh is the way to happiness. But the statistics show us that it's not true. It's a not lie. true. It's yeah. a lie. Um, that, there's, that we're made for something more. We ache for something bigger than this world can give. We ache for something infinite something true and good and beautiful. We ache for a love that is all-embracing, uh, unalloyed, and that's in our hearts. We're, we're religious beings by nature. If we don't worship God, we're going to worship something else, whether it's the state or, uh, you know, some particular pleasure or some power trip or something. Or the mountain or the <clears throat> sun, yeah. It's going to be something, and it's going to try and replace it. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're here for a reason. Don't let your life slip by without knowing what that reason is. <coughs> Sorry, the smoke's getting me a bit. Uh, and then the final question is, you've ridden with Jeff uh, Cavins, and in, 
in his book, he talks about <clears throat> riding with your posse. Who are your go-to saints? Who are your... Oh, well, I have a fairly good list, actually. Um, very early on in my conversion, I felt very drawn to St. Peter and St. Paul. And so I took them as my patrons when I was confirmed. Um, I, I joined the Companions of the Cross as a young man. And uh, so Father uh, Robert Bedard, uh, his process is not yet underway, but I hope it will be soon. He's, he's my spiritual father in Christ, and so I, I call upon him. Um, but there's a variety of other saints that I, I, I invoke for various purposes, mostly because I've had experiences of them. Uh, a very powerful and touching experience of St. Agnes of Rome. Unexpectedly, in Rome, um, very deeply moved at the Piazza Navona in the little church dedicated to her on the site of her martyrdom. And so I've always invoked her, uh, a deep love as well for St. Clement of Rome. Once again, having a real experience of prayer there. Uh, St. Thomas More, uh, the Canadian martyrs. Uh, I was ordained a priest on the feast day of the African martyrs, Charles Langan companions. I invoke them on a regular basis. So I've, I've got a pretty big posse, you know. So it's, you've uh, got a litany of saints. <laughs> I do, I do. Well, that's, that's awesome. And... I want to thank you for, for joining us here, not in the pub, but on this journey that we're about to undertake. And uh, I don't know if you know, but the, the word uh, whiskey comes from a, a Gaelic term called Ishtabaha, which means water of life. And my prayer is that you continue to be, lead many souls to the true water of life. Amen. Cheers. Cheers. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of A Dram with Friends. Like and subscribe. Go to all podcast platforms to look for it on podcast or go to godsquad.ca to support our mission.